We don't have to sing. Let's not. Oh, hello, gentle listener. Welcome to Hot Drinks. Before... I'm fucking drunk. God damn it. Like and subscribe. Yeah. Every time. Every single time. Every time it's a I'm just treasure. Like, are you fucking kidding me? And a delight. And I want to say some things. Okay. Okay. About welcome the, to Hot Drinks. Oh, I'm Brother Jack Coffee. I'm Latterday Twain. It's a podcast. I want to say some things about our anonymous singer songwriter. Right. The last time I did that. Right. It made them uncomfortable. Right. <laughs> And you know what the things hop, I want to say? Hop, hop. Drinks. <laughs> the things that I, like I would that like for them to do to me. Oh. Remember that? Yeah. And and they apparently got a little freaked out. When I wrote, because <laughs> we sent out, so, oh God, so many things. Okay, so we have a Patreon. <laughs> yeah. www.patreon.com slash hot drinks. Yeah. Where you can give us a little bit of money every month. You get bonus episodes, videos, newsletters, whatever. Anyway, if you're on the top tier, you get a gift. Yeah. Our holiday gift this this month uh-huh. was a lovely piece of jewelry from asparajewelry.com, which is a, a, a jewelry website run by a listener of ours. And it's local. And it's local. For Utahns. Some beautiful, beautiful handmade jewelry for incredibly low prices. You should definitely check it out, asparajewelry.com. Anyway, we sent all of our gentle listeners, or we're not, I'm sorry. We sent all of our top tier Patreons a gift from Asparage Jewelry, Mm -hmm. which included a Christmas card, Mm -hmm. which said believe, and then I wrote in Sharpie in dicks on the front. And then drew a dick. Anyway, that was a long roundabout way to get to this. This is the point that I'm making. The point is. When I sent the letter, because the singer-songwriter who wrote the theme song is also a Patreon. Yes, top tier. Top tier. When I sent the her Christmas card, Believe in Dicks, I wrote, thank you for not being super uncomfortable when Sister Twain talks about inappropriate things she wants to do to you. And also when both of us talk about inappropriate things we want to do to your husband. Because for the record, her husband could punch me in the face and I would ask for more. I would be like, please, sir, hit me again. So the other night, I had to drive a gaggle of teens, right? Um, uh, who were all queer to the mass queer raid. Fucking queer teens. I know they smell so bad, but you know, so do regular teens. <laughs> Can you believe I just said that? I feel like the queer teens would <laughs> smell regular? better than the than what the non. Thank you. You're a piece of shit. And who? I know because I said queer and regular. I know. Oh my god. I know. Edit that out. Okay. You won't. I already did. You, okay. Cindy, will you flag this section <laughs> for editing? Anywho. So, um, I am trying to make jokes with the teens. I'm driving them to the oh, mass parade. And I say to Jack, my transgender child in the front seat, loud enough for everyone to hear, presentationally, I say, so what happens if you go to the mass parade? Do you catch the queer? And he goes, Yeah. And I said, is it something you get only while you're there? Does it, like, stay with you indefinitely? And he's like, it stays with you indefinitely. I said, like, kind of like HIV. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. And then then the teens opened the doors to your van (laughs) and just ladybirded out onto the the pavement. And then – I'm getting somewhere with this. And then um, something like – 
one of the kids was in the car was like, you probably already caught it because you live with one. And I said, I had sex with one for 13 years. Oh, my God. And I said, oh, and I'm a little bit queer myself. Pause, pause. Then Jack says to the car, yeah, my mom likes pussy. <laughs> oh, my God. I prefer the D. But, but you I, like the P. I don't like p- pussy. The oh, pussy. P sometimes confuse me because pussy and penis. Pussy. Pussy. Uh, so, so V. When we do that, we should do D and V. Okay, okay. Yeah. So anyway, I prefer the D. But you like the V. I do enjoy the V. It's been a while since I've had the V. Okay. But I'm okay with me it. Me too. Me yeah. too. It's been a while. <laughs> but before we really introduce the podcast, <laughs> I just want to say really quickly. What? Lori Metcalf in Lady Bird was such oh, a phenomenal performance. Just God Just so goddamn amazing. Oh. Oh, so good. Such a good movie. Such a good performance. Yeah. Remember when she just was Jackie on Roseanne and she was the best thing about Roseanne? Yeah. And now she's a national treasure? She is. I would literally die for her. Walk in front of a train <laughs> for Lori Metcalf. <laughs> anyway, so this yeah. is a podcast. Yeah. It's called Hot Drinks. Yeah. We, I'm, I'm Brother Jack Coffee. I'm Latter Day Twain. You can call me Sister Twain. You can call me Sister T. You can call me Twain. That was with a little accent. I'm Brother Jack Coffee. You can call me Brother Coffee. You can call me Bishop Coffee. Yeah. If you're dirty. <laughs> um, and we have a podcast where we talk about Mormonism, where we talk about faith, where we talk about oh my God. belief in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, <laughs> where we talk about uh, the the voices of the prophets. Prophets. Where we talk oh about my God. The, uh, lighting the world. Lighting the world. Hashtag light <laughs> the world. <laughs> So that's what you're here for. You guys, are you as annoyed about Light the World as we are? Yeah, they are. I I hope you are. So I want you to write us at one of our many channels of communication. So hotdrinksforthebelly at uh gmail.com or Instagram, which is www.hotdrinks. Wait, www.instagram.com slash hotdrinks. And I want you to tell us how fucking annoyed you are at Light the World. Yeah, anyway. Light the fucking world. I changed it. To burn the world down. One of the suggestions for light the world, because I went to the actual LDS website and read about things you could do to light the world, <laughs> was to leave a positive Yelp review. For anybody? For anybody. Maybe for us. That's what Jesus... Can you guys please leave a positive... <laughs> can someone make a us thing? a Yelp page? <laughs> you know what? No, let's... For real, what you should do to light the world yeah. is you should leave us a positive review on iTunes. We haven't had a review <gasps> since like September. What the fuck? <laughs> And we're still trying to battle off that one-star one review from like that guy. Porn. Yeah, we we had that episode about the top five things that would be in our porn. And he was like, I really like this podcast. But do we really want to hear about their sex lives? No, thank you. One star. One star. Yeah. So we really need to battle that. So yeah. if you want to light the world, please go to iTunes and re- leave us a review. Please. Leave us a five-star review, even if you think we're delivering three-star content. Just do it. We don't Dad. care. More guys, stars light the world more. Yeah, light the world. That's true. Yeah. More stars are brighter, they light the world. Yeah. Um, wow, we really didn't prepare for this episode. We just hit record and started going. We've never done that before. Never. We're usually, we <laughs> usually have a meeting with Cindy. <laughs> we write out a, a show outline, the show flow. We get right. that organized. We talk about segments. We, we pray cut some on segments. It. We fast and pray. <laughs> 
So um, if you haven't listened to to all the previous episodes, we have decided that CJ and Kendrick is our Lord and Savior, and that Dolly Parton is the Holy Ghost. Okay. We have not yet decided who Heavenly Mother is, but what happened? Or who God the Father is? Well, we're going to leave him out because of patriarchy. Oh, okay. But I okay. Well, we could maybe. I mean, I, mean, I like maybe men. Billy Porter or something like that. <laughs> Billy Porter is God the Father. <laughs> You guys, yeah, you isn't know. the biggest isn't the biggest fuck you in the universe when you like men when you're att- attracted to men? Because men are the fucking worst. They <laughs> like, isn't that like the biggest fuck you? That like you're a feminist, you're like a strong, you're like I'm like a strong queer man, and I'm fucking attracted to men. The biggest piece of shit it's, to walk the earth. Life is rough. Anyway, so um, as we mentioned, we have a Patreon. Please. Go check it out. Mm-hmm. Send us money, and we'll send you things. Yeah. And, that, and I don't know what's we, what else we have. Uh, let's see what other women's work. If you're listening, as you're listening to this, we've already had our party. Yeah, it was so much fun. I you hope guys. it was. <laughs> I mean, it was. I mean, I was pretty embarrassed that I was just on the couch making out for so long <laughs> with so many people. But whatever, it was worth it. It was totes worth it. Um, you got very drunk. I didn't, I sang. And, and you sang, you had that microphone, but I was pretty, I mean, I do think like when you went and squatted in the corner and peed, like that was a little bit too much. <laughs> so, <laughs> in case you haven't noticed yet, we, we haven't actually had the party yet, but we're not going to publish this episode till after the party. I know, right? We didn't do any of those things. Why are you reading Twitter right now? Because when you were talking about how horrible men are, it reminded me of a tweet and I'm just trying to find oh, it. Oh, okay. Anyway, anyway, men are the worst. Yeah. So, we are here for a top five today. Yes. And and it's kind of this may or may not be the last episode of 2019, which would also make it the last episode of the decade. It possibly could. I can't believe we've been doing the show for a decade now. It's really a miracle. <laughs> okay, I found the tweet. Okay. Men are so poetic when they gaslight. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. So, for the final episode of 2019, the final episode of this decade, 10 years of history of listening to Brother Jack Coffey and Sister Latter-day Saint talk about their lives. We wanted to talk about the top five <laughs> ways we have changed in the last decade. And this was a suggestion from a gentle listener who's a never mo. What a great suggestion. Great suggestion. If you have other suggestions, please send them to us. Because sometimes you guys were like, fuck, I don't know what to talk we, about. We've received a lot of suggestions and... We have? Yeah. Are you writing them down? Uh, yeah, sure. Oh, fuck you. I'm not, but they're in there on the internet somewhere. Okay. Um, but uh, really quick, too, uh, we might have a couple brevets that we throw in before 2020. So We might. It might not or be Or another last... full episode. I'm Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but it's, it's just, we're wrapping up the decade. We're wrapping it up. We're reflecting. We're thinking about the choices we've You've made. We've known us for 10 years. We're thinking about... We've changed so much. We've changed so much. We're thinking about the 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 where our lives have brought us to mm-hmm. we're yeah. reflecting we're regretting many choices and <laughs> we wanted to talk about those today i don't have any regrets no regrets no oh i regret everything yeah i know let's take a break okay so before we start the top 5 i have a new segment i'd like to introduce oh i can't wait it's called Albums we're listening to by British singers who I imagine have long, uncut dicks. <laughs> For our first segment, 
I would like to talk about Harry Styles' <laughs> new album. What's the album called? Fine Line. God, it's such a good album, <laughs> it's you guys. so good. And God, I bet he has a really, I just imagine like a really long, skinny, <laughs> uncut dick. Don't you think? I don't, I don't He's know. He's got those tattoos. Yeah. The long, skinny, uncut dick. Anyway, that's the end of the segment. It's- that's all. So, our top five today. Yes. Let's really, can that really be a segment? Yeah. Okay. So, anyway, our top five today. Top five ways we changed in the last decade. It's 2019. Yeah. We had to cast way back to 2010. Jesus Lord. It, it, or is it 29? 2009. 20, oh, wow. Well, I mean, say I kind it? of. 2009. <laughs> that's how you say it. That is correct. The correct pronunciation is 2009. <laughs> But really, when I was imagining, I was kind of imagining the arc of the 2010s. So okay. 2010 through 2019, like which it. is the last decade. Of, I'm fine with that. The last decade of I the decade. I guess that's okay with me. Anyway. Yeah. So what's the number one way that you've changed <clears throat> in the last decade? Oh, man. Uh, well, <laughs> it's not just that I got divorced. Right. It's more than that because right. I my divorce was in 2010. Oh, congratulations! I know. So this really is a decade. My God, I cannot believe it. Remember I that cannot. episode we recorded in 2010, <clears throat> right after you got divorced, like oh. the day you got divorced, and we recorded that podcast episode. Such an interesting so, emotion. I mean, really, just dug into just, the emotions I, I, of it all. <laughs> anyway, um, I was still Mormon and in the closet. <laughs> Um, so, uh, I was this married Mormon woman right. up until 2010. So from 97 to 2010, Lord. gave birth to four children, right. was a primary president, right. was in a young women's presidency, right. taught Relief Society for right. many years, right. um, <clears throat> among other things, right? Um, excuse me. Uh, and... I try, so I've always had this voice. Twaint has always been twaint. Right. Who I am now is not a result of me becoming ex-Mormon. Who right. I am now is who I've always been. Right. And ex, being ex-Mormon helped me to be authentic, right? Yes. So when I was pre-2010, okay, uh, I tried, Twaint tried to utilize that voice that, that I've always had uh-huh. in, in ways that didn't, like, work. It's that whole, like, trying to fit a round peg into a square hole. Right. Or a square peg into a round hole. Wasn't Sarah Jessica Parker <clears throat> in a movie called Square Pegs? I don't know. <laughs> That's what I think about every time someone says Maybe that. Maybe it was Helen Hunt. Remember oh, that? Maybe. Yeah, Just when kidding. I thought Helen Hunt was like Bjork or something. <laughs> I was like, you all love the movie Girls Just Want to Have Fun starring Bjork. And then our gentle listener Rachel was like, it was Helen Hunt. Fuckwad. Anyway. The OG. So, so, um, so, I, uh, so back before you were Sister Twain, back when you were Sister Swimsuit Area, <laughs> you still had that voice. I did, but it, what, did, what didn't work? It wasn't right. ever right, right. Right. But it helped me. I guess to to kind of navigate life a little bit, but I just always felt like not, not out uh, outsider. I felt like right. I, I like I was wearing someone else's skin, mm-hmm. you know. And like you had murdered someone, 
and made, skinned them alive skin, and, made, and a made a suit, suit out of their skin. <laughs> I mean, I felt like that yeah. every day. And so <clears throat> in the last 10 years, I have not just really reclaimed my voice, but I have been finding all the magical places where my voice really belongs. Oh. And it's about... LGBTQ rights and it's right. about women's rights and it's right. about pers- personal power and autonomy. Right. And it's about the kind of mother that I am un- unapologetically. Um, and so, uh, yeah, like, I guess in a nutshell, it's, it's how my voice has changed. It's always been there. Yeah. But now I'm really using it in a in a way that is authentic and that really facilitates my personal power. That's amazing. Oh, thanks. And I, and I just want to say too, like, I think, and don't take this the wrong way, (laughs) but I think you often use your voice in a way that like is upsetting to people. Yeah. But I think that that, there's something really beautiful about that. Not that you're upsetting people because that is obviously not like your, well, it is kind of your intention sometimes to sort of like, Shine the ruffle. light on, yeah, to ruffle feathers and to say, Shine the light. look at this thing that you're okay with uh-huh. and why are you okay with it? Yeah. Anyway, I think it's really because obviously like I'm a little more guarded about like the things I say and and whose feathers I ruffle. And I just appreciate that like you are not afraid to say like, this is who I am. And if you don't like it, then that's okay. And Go fuck yourselves. And I think you just nailed it right there. The, the real specificity of, of my number one, which is I'm not afraid to vocalize anymore. Right, right. That, that's the biggest thing. Right. Yeah. That's Because great. I don't need to fit in with a thing. Right. I don't need to, to look or act a certain way. Right. There are no parameters for me anymore. Right. Except I probably won't murder. Probably. probably. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I have <clears throat> left the religion of my upbringing. I have embraced uh, the sexual creature within me. Um, and, uh, you know, like I said, the type of mother that I am and the things that I believe in and stand for. And I just, I have this proverbial mic- uh, megaphone and it's, it's the best. I feel me that's amazing um like for the first time ever so that's amazing all right so what about you so my i mean so many of these are so obvious yeah i know but (laughs) but my number one is i'm a gay homosexual with a beard now and i was not one of those in 2010 you didn't have a beard in 2010 i did not have a beard in 2010 i do want to say about the beard okay so i did not plan this but god i'm so glad it happened this way so I came out to my ex-wife, Tisha, in probably, like, July of 2014. Uh-huh. And then we would, every summer, we would go on a, vac- on a family vacation with her family to Bear Lake. Okay. And it was while we were at Bear Lake in July or August of that year, and we were, we were on the beach, but, like, I was kind of down by the water with the kids, and she was sitting up kind of further, <coughs> and we were texting about our lives and our situation. And I, and that was the first time where I believe she said, I think we should get a divorce. Like that was when we kind of said like, this is the path this is going anyway. So every year when I went to Bear Lake for many, many years before this, I would always like not shave like the week we were there. Uh-huh. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm going to grow a beard. And then by, and then at the end of the week I would look like a weird homeless person and I would be like, Oh, whatever. I'm just going <laughs> to shave this off. But that year mm-hmm. Tisha said to me, 
just let it grow. Just like leave it alone for like a month and just see what happens. And Mm -hmm. so I did. And so in a weird way, my growing a beard coincided with my coming out of the closet. (laughs) So like when I look at photos from the past, I can instantly tell like, was I a straight Mormon in this photo? Or like when the beard is kind of scruffy and patchy and coming in, I'm like, oh, that was the summer that I was like coming out. And then when the beard is like full and luscious and beautiful, I'm like... Oh, that I'm out. I'm yeah. out on this photo. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. This wasn't meant to be a segment about my beard, but that has been, I mean, obviously, by and large, the number one change in the last decade For is real. me coming out of the closet. Seriously. And, you know, oh, all yeah. that. All of the implications of that, which we will talk about more in future segments yes. on this episode. But just really, I mean, I've, I've said this before on previous episodes. I knew I was gay from when I was like 11 or 12. I was 100% sure that I would never say those words aloud, that I would never talk about it, that I would never do anything about it, that I would just always keep it wrapped up inside of me. And so I'm kind of living a life that I kind of didn't ever dream or imagine was possible. Mm -hmm. Even though my life has its own complications and whatever now, and like, it's not perfect, but like, I never, ever, 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 ever thought I would have a beard. Or be out. (laughs) And here I am. I have a beard and I'm super out. And I'm one of those people that like, one one of the things that drives me crazy that straight allies like to say sometimes is they like to say, I mean, I'm just a person. I'm not straight or gay. Like, I'm just a human. Can't we all? Why do we need these labels? Oh, my God. It's something that I think, like, people are well-intentioned and they say because they really... What they're trying to say is, like, we should just focus on the individual and it's not about whether they're gay or straight or whatever. But, like, I proudly and, like, defiantly claim the label gay. I want everybody to know I'm gay. Mm -hmm. I bring it up in a conversation within five minutes of meeting someone. (laughs) Like, I find some way to let them know that I'm gay. When I'm at work and I meet people that I'm going to have a two-minute conversation with and I can tell it's, like, a lesbian couple, I want to be like, I see you. Yeah. I see you, ladies. I know, I know. Like, I just, like... So I just think, like, for me... It's something that I never thought I could claim as a label. And so now that I can claim it as a label, I claim it very loudly and proudly. And I want everybody to know. But uh, but of course, because you, the entire LGBTQ community for years had to fought to be recognized, sure. to be able yeah. to just go into a public place yeah. as themselves. And... <clears throat> And to have all the rights and not not go to jail because you have anal sex. Right. You know, and, and that all that bullshit. You have you have all fought and fought and lives have been lost, whether that's through uh, uh bullshit uh, uh like protests murder or disease murders or, yeah. or suicide. Yeah. And so you have fought to own this. To yeah. own that identity. And one day, and it might be a hundred years down the road, we'll get to a place as a human race where that isn't necessarily the thing sure. anymore. We're sure. all just humans with fluid sexualities sure. or not fluid sexualities. And right. it's irrelevant, right? Right. But right now, we are, it's relevant. you are still owning and claiming that victory. And, and, and for some people, it's not. Like for some people, they don't. <laughs> It's not important to them to have that identity or or it's or it's not 
it's not a it's not the first thing they want people to know about them. And that's sure. fine too. It's fine too. You know, that's yeah. fine too. Yeah. But for me, it's really, really important that people know <clears throat> that I'm gay. Yeah. So anyway, so that's how I've changed. It's about being seen. It's about being seen. Yeah. Let's take a break. Take a break. Hey, bitches, we're back. <laughs> we always come back after the interlude. We do. What if one day we didn't? That just, that interlude played and that was the end of the episode. <laughs> okay. You guys, I'm sorry I called you bitches if you're offended by that word. Oh. But I just want to say that. But oh, I mean, oh my God. I mean, bitches is like, I love bitches. Just hi. It's yeah, just, just like, like hey, bitches. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, all my bitches. So number my, two. My number What's the number two, two way you changed this decade? I, I, in a way that I never, ever, 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 ever thought I would. Substances. Substances are a part of my life. Like substance abuse? <laughs> substance use. Okay. Tell um, us more. Alcohol. Okay. God, I love alcohol. Um, the occasional marijuana. I'm less sure about marijuana, but okay. <laughs> and I have tried a few other things. Right. Uh, like one time, a one-time thing. Right. Um, and here's the thing. I, I don't want to encourage anyone to go out and try drugs. Sure. But um, try drugs are but, awesome. <laughs> um, but, like, Nancy Reagan kind of ruined everything. She fucked me. <laughs> she fucked me right in the eyeball. Like, she put on that strap on. She fucked right into my brain hole. And I'm broken. But not to mention, like... Where you and I come from, you right. and I specifically come from the whole hot drinks are not for the belly yeah. and whatever yeah. it is the word of wisdom says about. But also like that whole 80s, like say no to drugs, like dare. <clears throat> yeah, you know, like, that's what I'm talking about. I don't think like kids don't have that anymore. Oh. I you know what they, I mean? Don't they have like Red Ribbon Week or something not, like that? No. Oh, they I don't? I really don't think they do. Oh. I never hear. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but like. I have kids that are in elementary and high school, and they never have, like, Say No to Drugs Week. Right. That was a very Nancy Reagan thing. Yeah, I guess so. Fuck her. (laughs) Anyway, so, um, part of my, uh, the biggest part of this, uh, this one for me, is my mentality on it. Like, you're, just because you have a drink doesn't mean you're going to become an alcoholic. Right. Which is what they want you to believe when you grow up Mormon. Right. Um... Uh, and, uh, look, there might be a hard drug that I have tried Mm -hmm. and I'm not addicted to it. I did it once and I was like, it's fine. Right. All right. Right. (laughs) That doesn't mean that you should just go out and try stuff to see if you don't become addicted or do become addicted. But like, um, I have opened my mind. I've opened this door to, for me personally, right. I, uh, giving myself permission to trying substances. Now, I drink quite a bit of alcohol. Um, I've been cutting down in the last couple of years just because my age, I don't know, I just can't, I right. can't handle you can it. You have one half a teaspoon <laughs> of alcohol. Right. <clears throat> but it is okay for me. Yeah. To use some substances from time to time to feel something to yeah. feel altered to feel good right to feel relaxed right whatever right um and there's no judgment to it i remember uh probably it was like oh two um i 
was becoming friends with someone, a new person that I had met. I don't remember how. That's O2 was a long time ago. And I noticed she had a pack of cigarettes in her purse, and mm-hmm. I com- made a complete judgment call about her as a person. Right. I made a complete and utter holistic judgment right. call right. about her as a person because she had cigarettes in her purse. She was all of a sudden less than. Yeah. Not only if you are you not less than if you choose to use substances, but you're just fine. Yeah. So anyway. It's really interesting to me that in the in the Mormon community – there's this sort of feeling as like, well, why do you need to drink? You know, like I hear that a lot from my, <laughs> well, particularly from my mom. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just like, why do you need to drink? Like, can't you have fun without drinking? Yeah. Well, yeah, of course I can. Of course. But I can also have fun with drinking. Yes. So why does it fucking matter? Yeah. Why you know? does it matter? I don't have to drink to have a good time. <sighs> But I also don't have to not drink to have a good time. Like yeah. I can have g- a good time both ways. Yeah. So why not just let people do what they want to do? Yeah. Um, yeah. And another thing that I was going to say about that is, <clears throat> excuse me, it's not like I left the church and was like, okay, I'm going to start drinking. Yeah. I had to slowly realize I was leaving the church. Once I realized it, I still slowly moved out of it completely. Mm-hmm. And then it took me several months to just be comfortable in a casual social situation to try something. Yeah. And no one pressured me. It was yeah. just like, why not? Yeah. And there was something so liberating and powerful about that. Why not? Yeah. If I don't like it, I won't do it again. Yeah. So I think what it really boils down to is this idea of like risk and reward, you know, like we all engage in behaviors in our lives that are risky, Yeah, you know, whether it's driving a car or whether it's like going skydiving, you know, there's like various extremes of things that we do in our lives that are risky. Yeah. And everyone has to decide like what, what risks are worth it for them to take to obtain a possible reward. For some people, they want to go skydiving because like that thrill, but obviously like that's a risk. Like you could die skydiving. Sure. But if someone decides to go skydiving, we don't make a moral judgment about that. <laughs> yeah. You know, we don't be like, well, why can't you have fun without skydiving? Yeah, yeah. Like why do you need skydiving to have fun? And I just think like, I mean, I just think it's that way about drugs, you know, or substances or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, some of us choose to try different substances or, you know, whatever and have a good time. Some people are like, yeah, that's not really for me. Like, I don't know if I want that. Like, I am not a big yeah. – I am terrified of drugs. I'm convinced that if I take any of them that I'll die. Yeah, yeah. I blame Nancy Reagan. <laughs> but, you know, but like – but it's about risk and reward. I do other things that are risk. I, I partake in other risky behaviors because uh-huh. for me it's worth it. Yeah. And yeah. we all do that. We all make those judgment calls every day whether it's like do I – do I get in this car and drive to work? Do I have this drink? Do I whatever, jump out of an airplane? But we all choose things that are risky. And yeah. so to like assign some kind of moral value to like, oh, well, you chose this risky behavior. Yeah. And that means you're like a g- degenerate human. Yes, broken. Weird. It makes you're no not sense. ever going to be successful. Right. Um, right. And, and look, I, I used to have that belief someone who has a beer. They must be a bad person. I should stay away from them. Right. Guess what? I, I know so many people who use substances and they're kind of the best people. Right. <laughs> well, and I just think like for me, like there is something very powerful 
about like I can be at a party and someone can offer me a substance Mm -hmm. and I can say, oh, no, you know what? That's not for me. Like I'm not interested in that. And it's not – I'm not doing it because I feel like I'm right and they're wrong or that like my choices has more moral value. It's just me saying like, you know what? I don't want that in my life right now. Now that's not to say that I won't want it in six months or a year or whatever or or maybe I'll never want to try that thing or whatever. But I just think like there's something really powerful about just saying like, no, this is what I want for me and my body and my yeah. autonomy to either try that or not try that or whatever. Instead of uh, 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 what's the word? I'm, an overbearing belief system. Right. Making the decision for right. you. That You're deciding about that moral. Yeah. you don't want to yeah. try it or that you do. Right. Or that the risk is worth taking right. for you. It's all about your just what you want you being okay with that why not yeah what's your number two so the number two way that i have changed in the last decade is i've learned how to use photo filters what i think we all have in the last decade right yeah so i was going back through some photos from like earlier in the decade to try to like spark my memory about like what changes have come about or what have i learned in this decade (sighs) god damn it when instagram came out we wanted a filter it was so fun. and a and a and a weird color and a bright light. So and exciting! A, it was so fucking stupid. <laughs> All those pictures look terrible now. <laughs> Why did we want to make every photo look like we lived in a day and age where there were only shitty cameras? Because we could. I know, but yeah. like, yeah. I just look back at those photos and I'm like, what the fuck <laughs> are we thinking? <laughs> now I just take my photo, I boost the brightness a little bit, I boost the saturation a little bit. Oh my god! Maybe I adjust the the focus a little bit. <laughs> that's it, and that's it's all. a fucking that's gorgeous all. photo. It is, and I post some great photos. You can find them all on my Instagram, which I am currently locked out of. <laughs> And it is currently disabled, so you can't actually find them. But there were some good photos on there. There really were. Anyway. We'll get it back. It's a, it, was a, it was a really weird and dark time where we thought that the more filters, the better. Like, I took photos of, like, food. You know, like, oh, yeah. look at this yummy food that I yeah. cooked. Yeah. And I look at it now, and I'm like, I made it, like, green with the filters I put on it. No one wants green churros. I don't want a photo of green churros. No. We don't need that. It's okay. I think anyway. people will look back, see the timestamp on it, and they'll be forgiving. It's. I really hope that because I really think they'll look back and they'll be like, what the actual fuck? Like, why did you try to make this photo look like it was taken 30 years before? Right, right. And speaking of photos. Yes. It will. It's weird to me that our children will have access to literally thousands of photos of our lives and tens of thousands of photos of their own lives. Because mm-hmm. like, how many photos do you have of like your grandma? Maybe two. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine if you just had like thousands of photos of your <laughs> oh grandma? God, of like her, of her, a selfie, yeah. like food she ate, a date she went on. Exactly. <clears throat> My grandma was living it up. She wasn't. Oh. She was being mean and racist, I'm sure. Oh. Anyway, let's take a break. Okay. We're back. Oh, okay. Here I am. Are you sad that you don't get to sing songs anymore because we have a theme song now? Oh, I'll still sing, sing from time to time. Okay. From yeah. time to time. In fact, NPR, every December, comes out with a list of their top 25 songs and top 25 albums, two different lists, of this, for of the, the year. year. Okay. And that's how I find my new music. What was on the list for this year? 
Um, Anything well, I should know about? Well, Sorry, we have not prepared this. We'll, we'll talk about this in something in another t- uh, episode or brevet or something. Let's do a brevet. But there, is, there are some songs that I discovered from the last year, from their list last year, that I still I would like to sing maybe right now. Maybe not. Okay. <laughs> you were like, uh. I, was re- I took a deep breath. I was ready to sing. Okay, so we are talking about the top five ways we have changed in the last decade. Yeah. What's your number three? So my number three is uh, for about nine years. So I've been divorced for nine and a half years. Congratulations. It's it's nuts. It's, Shout out to Gary. It's just your fucking gay nuts. husband. It's fucking ex-husband. Um, and for about eight and a half of those nine and a half years... I have been working full time. Yeah. And guess what? What? It is before before this chi- this phase of my life, I never worked full time. Yeah. I only worked part time because I was either a student and working part time or uh, a stay-at-home mom and working part time. Mm-hmm. And then I am divorced and a single mom. Yeah. And the parent lives in another state for the for the good bulk of the of that time not the entire time right and but for the most part you are the primary caregiver yes. for your children and have to work full time yes and that sucks sucks a dick like, like not a nice dick <clears throat> like sucks a warty <clears throat> smelly cheesy dick for the first couple of years i would have complete breakdowns and and say to gary I'm not raising my children. Yeah. Because you were working. And it's like, you don't give birth to your child and lovingly hold them for the first time and look into their sweet, sweet face and think, I can't wait to go back to work full time. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. you don't. Yeah. But that's the world we live in. Yeah. And Capitalism is a fucking joke. It's, uh, I have had to adjust... In so many ways. One of the biggest ways is to stop beating up on myself because yeah. this is what I have to do. Right, 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 right. Um, and... Like there will, there are times where your kids are sort of left to fend for themselves. Oh, my God. Because you're at work. There was a time when uh, we lived in Sandy, but the kids' schools were in Sugar House. Long story. Which is like a 20, 30-minute drive yeah. for people not from Utah. Yeah. And... They would tracks to and from school. That's what they chose. Like, like they, they would take the light rail, the train. Uh-huh. From Sandy up to Sugar House and then back if I happened to be working. If I wasn't working, I would drive them, right? Right. Right. Um, and I gave them that choice. Like you, uh, you can, if you, not, if you don't want to change schools, because we lived in Sugar House, had to move to Sandy for a second. And now we're back up in Sugar House. But during that second in Sandy, I was like, you can change schools and, and have a bus pick you up or walk. Or you can stay in the schools that you're in and tracks. Mm-hmm. They chose tracks. Right. There was a night during a blizzard when Jack, my youngest child, still in elementary school. God. Was tracked home and missed the last bus to take them to our house. Right. 
because from that track station to our house there wasn't like a regular bus it was like a shuttle uh-huh. a special shuttle uh-huh. anyway and there they were stuck in the snow and i had to leave work and my boss wasn't understanding yeah my boss was not understanding right. Uh, and so there's that, there's that plight as well. Not just the fact that I'm not raising my kids and that, and that I, and that I, I've had to adjust in a lot of ways and, and the adjustments are fine. Like we're human beings. That's part of life. But just to have four people to take care of plus working full time, there's the whole, uh, slather on top of that, that the people you work for, your bosses and the people you work with who yeah. Don't have their own children. Yeah. Or they do, but they're not single parents. They don't get it. They don't care to get it. You're just inconveniencing them when your kid shit comes right, up. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's like, I can't win. I think too, like you and I have both kind of always worked in like the service industry, whether it's food or retail uh-huh. or hospitality or whatever. And when you work in the service industry, it's not like an office job. Not that it's easy for people with office jobs to step away, but like you need to be manning the desk or you need to be on the floor or you, you know, so you're managing the staff. Yeah. So you leaving work is not that easy to do. Not at all. And I feel so lucky because my ex Tisha is in a job where she has a lot more flexibility, but she, she carries a lot of the weight of dealing with that kind of stuff of picking up the kids and getting them to places because I have a job where it's really difficult for me to leave yeah and she has a job where i don't want to say it's easy for her to leave but it's possible for her to leave and i know like that has its own repercussions and she has to deal with that and whatever but like but yeah like i don't know how you did it i i don't know how you do it well where you're working these jobs and you're dealing with kids and schedules and transportation and yeah all this stuff right right and so so i i'm very fortunate right now i manifested a job where the, man, the people that I work for aren't only extremely understanding, but the nature of the, of the job is not that I need, it's not rigid like right. yours. Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. like, oh, I can't leave because I'm in the middle of, I mean, that happens from time to time. But for the most part, it's extremely flexible and I'm extremely I, I'm grateful for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's one of the biggest changes is like being a working when mom. you, yeah. when you are young and Mormon and married and starting out with your family and stuff, you're like, this is, this is the life that I'm choosing that I'm going to have children and I'm going to stay home and be able to really raise them and be a present parent. Uh, and then all of a sudden life happens and that is not an option for you. Yeah. I don't know if there are single parents listening out there who, who, uh, have a little bit more flexibility. Maybe you only get to work. You have to work part time because maybe you have somebody who helps you out a little bit more. Like maybe your parents help you out financially. <laughs> My parents don't no, do. They, they didn't fucking care. Yeah. Anyway, what's your number? Numero toi. <sighs> so wait, are we on number two or number three? We're on number three. Number three. Number three. So I've gone through a lot of changes in the last decade. <clears throat> You know, I came out of the closet. I I ended my marriage. I left the religion of my upbringing, and I think the biggest the the thing that sort of has affected me the most is I went through my whole life before 
coming out and leaving the marriage and leaving the church and all those things, sort of putting a lot of things in boxes inside my brain, you know, not dealing with things, not, not looking at things, not, not addressing things and kind of, you know, boxing all those things up. And what I have seen happen is as I have opened myself up to the truth of who I am and what I want and the life that I want, I have also opened myself up to pain. Oh, God. Right? Here we go. Here we go. Because you can't open those, you can't box things up inside your your mind about like, oh, I'm going to keep this hidden and I'm going to be in the closet and I'm going to do this. You can't box those things up. You can't open those boxes without opening all the boxes that go along with them, which are all the boxes of where you you know, buried emotions or buried feelings or didn't deal with things that were painful for you or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it puts me in, a, in an interesting position because where I'm significantly happier now than I was when I was in the closet, mm-hmm. I'm also significantly more depressed, <laughs> depressed yeah. Yeah. now than yeah. I was when I was in the closet. Fascinating. And I think for certain people, i.e., Mary Jo Coco, my mother, (laughs) who kind of don't understand that dynamic, you know, she sees me and she sees me struggling with depression and struggling with, you know, feelings of self-worth and struggling with whatever, self-esteem, all those things. And and all she sees is like, you're not as happy now as you were then. (laughs) So you should go back to where you were then. Uh Like you were happier when you were a member of the church. Yeah. And what's really hard for me to make her understand is like, yeah, I was maybe happier on the surface when I was a member of the church because I wasn't really addressing all the pain and the trauma and the wounds and the injuries and the whatever that were inside of me. I was just ignoring all of those and I was just like dealing with kind of these surfacey things. And so what's been interesting slash difficult slash terrifying about this whole process of like really being true to myself and really finding out who I am is that I have opened all of these wounds that I had sort of like, you know, glossed over in the past. And now I have to figure out ways to address those. That's, that's kind of a, like really great because it's so astute. I don't think, did, did we, I don't think we got a grasp on that point when we did your mock therapy session. No, maybe not. But that's good. I mean, the way that I'm dealing with them now is like bourbon and Netflix. Sure, sure, sure. sure. The way you're dealing with it is one thing, but just the, just recognizing that that has been part of your journey. Yeah. Of the coming out journey. Yeah. What what it, what it means? Like this is one of the symptoms of not symptoms of it, but one something yeah, yeah, that's yeah. branching out of it. One of the many boxes, as you put, it's one of those butterflies that came out of Pandora's box. But yeah, um, you can't open one box without opening all the boxes. I think that's they're fantastic. all connected. That's fantastic that you just have that awareness. I, okay, I really do think it's fantastic. I'm glad. All right. Well, I mean, I don't know what to do with that. Let's take probably, a break. I should probably talk to a therapist about it. Oh, maybe. Maybe that's a great idea. Weird take, idea. Very take strange. A break. So, what's your favorite song on Harry Styles' new album? Oh my God! I okay. So I think so. I've listened to it like three times now, right. um, and even though I get so happy when it just starts, when yeah, the album yeah, yeah. starts, yeah, yeah, I think it might be Cherry. Okay, okay. So just keep that in mind. I like Watermelon Sugar. It's so good. When I first heard it, I was like, "It is December. <laughs> I don't need a song about watermelons." And then on like listen number three, I was like, 
Harry, I love you and your long uncut dick. <laughs> and, and I need a song about watermelon. I do. So uh, <laughs> it's been a decade. Things have changed. Yeah, we've changed a little bit. What's your number four? Numero quatre. Numero quatro. Is um, in the last 10 years, I have more and more gradually um, really implemented the law of attraction in my life. Oh, my God. My number four is almost the same thing. <laughs> Shut up. I love it. Okay, so uh, the law of attraction isn't necessarily a new spiritual belief system. I see it more as just literally, as it says, a law. Yeah. Okay, like you... Like the law of gravity. You, right. You attract what you are putting out. Right. It is a law. It is just a law of the universe. Right. So if you're putting out, I hate myself and I'm a piece of shit. Like me. You are going to, you are going to attract things that affirm that. Right. Um, Like I do. (laughs) Um, And then, uh, you know, but if you're like, I am amazing and I am autonomous and I have a voice and you start putting that out, then the universe uh, brings you experiences based on that. Because, um, and I I talked about this in in the episode, our mystery top five, where we talked about vibration. Right, right, right. So vibration is like... You can call it your energy. You can call it your emotion. Um, but, you know, literally, like, you vibrate. Yeah. And so your vibration, um, you get what you're a vibrational match to. Right. So if you're Like attracts like. Right. If you're vibrating kind of on a low frequency where things are just feeling sad and dark and we've all been there, yeah. then those are the experiences you attract. Um, and then I remember we were talking to somebody once kind of on the basics of law, you and I, uh, the basics of, of law and attraction, uh, law of attraction. Um, it's like sometimes you feel so low that all you can do is raise your vibration just the teeniest bit. Right. But that's kind of all it takes. Right. And then you can raise it another bit and then another little bit sometimes it's lighting a candle yeah and then listening to the new harry styles Styles. (laughs) so just implementing that and just understanding the very basic nature of the law of attraction which is like attracts like you are going to get what you're putting out and one important thing to know that it isn't just thoughts it's how you feel and i don't want to do a whole spiel on the law of attraction because that is for you because i don't want to try to feel like i don't want you guys to feel like i'm preaching it yeah um but we could be feeling like shit and then put uh on repeat in our head i'm great i love myself but it's more than thoughts it's about actually reaching a vibration or energy that feels better than the one that you're in. Or learning how to maintain feeling good. There's, there will always be contrast. That's part of the law of attraction. Yeah. You'll get stung by a bee. Or, yeah. you know, blah, 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 blah. But whatever will happen. You'll trip and stub your toe and then there goes your good energy. There goes your high vibration. And you figure out how to uh, 
you know, circumvent. I mean, there's just, there's a lot out there about the law of attraction. There's Abraham Hicks, there's Louise Hay, there's um, Wayne Dyer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So So how has this changed your life in the last decade, this understanding of the law of attraction? that, That life isn't happening to me, that I can create my own experience. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm manifesting tons of money, that I'm manifesting cars and manifesting relationships. What it means is that I am creating the experience that I want in, in how I feel. Mm-hmm. Because we all want a thing, whether it's money, car, love, sex, clothes, a better body, because we believe we'll feel better in the having of that thing. Right. But the law of attraction teaches that you have to feel better first. You have to be a vibrational match. And then the thing comes. And then, but then you realize that once you feel the, the good feeling first, you're like, oh, I don't even care if I have that thing as much anymore because I feel so good. Yeah. And it could be because you've lit a candle, you've turned on some Billie Holiday, you're having a glass of wine in a stemmed glass. Like those, it's those little things that you can do to raise your vibration. And that's your quality of life. That's you creating your experience. And then once you stop caring if the thing comes because you already feel good, that's when the thing comes. I love a glass of wine in a stemmed glass. And some Billie Holiday and a lit candle. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. What's your number four? Um, So my number four is very similar, but my number four in the last decade, I have discovered that I'm a witch. I love it! I have discovered, and, and I actually thought it was really interesting that you said that like part of what you love about the law of attraction is that you're creating your reality rather than your reality acting upon you. Yeah. Like, so these are the cards I've been dealt. So. Yeah. So when I say I'm a witch, what that means is, and this is, I feel like this is a lesson that I am still very much learning because I still very much doubt the feelings that I have and the emotions that I have about all of this. But like, I have learned that I am a powerful creator mm-hmm. and that I can, I have so much power to create the universe and the world that I want. Mm-hmm. So much power that it terrifies me and that I constantly sabotage it because I don't actually want to create the world that I want. But I have also learned that, like, I am responsible for... I'm responsible for the world that I'm living in and that I have the power to create the kind of world that I want to be a part of. Um, And I think before, when I was Mormon, when I was younger, when I was married, like, I felt like... I felt like anything good that happened to me mm-hmm. was because God gave it to me. Yeah. And anything bad that happened to me yeah. was because I wasn't doing what I needed to do and I was being punished. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. uh-huh. Like there is very much a part of Mormonism that is like I created this I created this negative reality that I live in, but God gave me this good reality that I live in and I think now the space that I try to exist in is that when something good happens to me, it's because I brought it on to myself awesome. and I created it. Hell you know? yeah. Hell yeah. And it's still really difficult for me to believe those things because sometimes I fall back into old thought patterns or whatever. But I think, you know, just believing that you have the power to create a better reality for yourself is a really amazing and wonderful and powerful thing. 
Mm-hmm. And, 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 and part of that is the law of attraction and part of that is, you know, dabbling in tarot or dabbling in spellcasting or dabbling in, you know, energy work or healing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think what's <clears> been <throat> so fun and what's been so interesting for me over the last several years as I've kind of explored this is this idea that like I can, I can find the things that make sense and that work for me. Um, and that I'm not bound by a certain set of like rules or regulations or laws or whatever, you know, Beautiful. if I want to lean into tarot and like study that great. If I want to look at astrology, cool. If I want to, you know, think about the law of attraction or, you know, energies or whatever. Awesome. If I want to pray, great. Like whatever makes sense for me in that moment and that time in my life, it all is fine and it's all is good. And it's just whatever I need to sort of connect with my higher power. And I like that you said in that moment because you also, part of that that autonomy and that like nothing is prescribed to you anymore yeah. thing is you can choose to try something out and then go, okay, I did that for a while and it worked for me yeah. in that time and now I'm not into it. Right. And I think that's one of the things that's, that is hardest for me because I think I, I'm – you know, just sort of my my inherent nature is I'm like a rule follower. I want to do the right thing. I want to do things by the book. And I think it's been hard for me to kind of learn, like unlearn the idea that there is a book that I have to follow, you know, like kind of lean into the idea that like, you know, yeah, like you said, I'm going to do this for now. And then six months from now, I might go, well, that's not really working for yeah. me as much anymore. Now I'm going to do this other thing or yeah. now that that is a tricky and complicated thing for me to wrap my my mind around sure and so i sort of ebb and flow like where how i'm really able to lean into that but i i know deep down inside i know that like when i focus my energy and my power on something i can make things happen mm-hmm. i can bring good things into my life now i'm often terrified to bring thing, good things into my life and that's a whole other <laughs> that's, a, that's whole a whole other, other oprah. oprah and a whole other episode yeah, yeah. but when I really let myself get in that space where I say I can have these good things, like I have power mm-hmm. to bring those things into my life. Yeah. Because I'm a witch. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you are. Just right. like Jesus was. Just like Jesus. Such a queer witch. The, the epitome. The queerest witch. Yeah. He loved John. <laughs> you guys, he was straight up gay. Yeah. Like he had John the <laughs> Beloved. You never once hear about Mary Magdalene, the beloved. John, the beloved. He loved John. John was his boyfriend. He was a queer witch. Anyway, let's take a break. Yeah. Hey, we're back. We always come back, don't we? We do. We're really reliable. We're reliable. And accountable. We're those friends you can rely on. We're your accountability buddies. That's from South Park. <laughs> okay. Okay, so we are talking about the top five ways the last decade, the 20, the 20 teens oh my God. has changed us. They're over. Oh, my God. Next year in May, I will have been divorced for 10 years. Wow. That's fucking crazy. Next year in May also, we <laughs> will be starting a war with North Korea. <laughs> we will be... Um, we will be at the uh, swearing-in ceremony of Emperor Trump. Oh, stop. Who is taking over the country. Oh, my God. And I will be on my way to... Mike, Latvia. I will be on my way to Mike <laughs> Pence's fun and friendly 
gay conversion therapy camp <laughs> where all the gays will get sent. Whether they like it or not. But congratulations on your 10-year anniversary <laughs> in May 2020. Diversary. D- diversary. So, okay. Diversary. So what's your number 10? Number five. five. Number five. Ways. Way. Way. My fifth way. What's the number five <laughs> thing you've learned in this decade? Numero cinq. So it is... Here's something that I've learned or unlearned, however you want to look at it. <clears throat> so much of Western culture. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know this word. I didn't know we were in philosophy 132. <laughs> is pretty prescriptive. Okay. Okay. Like by the time you're in your, and I, and, and I realize that this is changing massively and, and quickly, but by the time you're in your 20s, you should be this. Right. By the time you're 30-something, you should be doing this. Right. Uh, by the time you're 40, you should have so much of your shit figured out. Um, Literally, I have nothing figured right. out. Exactly. But there used to be especially, oh, I'd say as as, as early as 20 years ago, but, but even further back. Like, like Don Draper, when he was 42, yeah. had an apartment in Manhattan. Oh. He had a mistress. He was the <laughs> chief creative officer of yeah. that of of Sterling Draper Price, whatever that company was called. <laughs> yeah. He had another mistress and, and also, he had a big old dick. And also during that time when you were 42, it was like you were 62. Yeah. Your life was figured out. Yeah. You were just kind of coasting with the same, 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 same until retirement. Um, but yeah, like the, this whole like idea that, Well, when my parents were in their 30s, they were here and I'm only here. And I think that that's something for just Gen Xers. It's been the biggest lesson for us yeah. Gen Xers is that life isn't going to go that way. But where my number five is really going is above and beyond that, which is I I can still do whatever the fuck I want to do. I'm 44 I can still be an actress on Broadway. Right. I can still cultivate this whole podcast thing that has been surprisingly successful and and who knows, it might lead to writing a book. It might lead to doing live shows. And I could still be a successful actress amongst all of that, right? Like, uh, and I could still uh, allow and welcome many more surprises in my life. This whole, like who knows idea and just allow the unexpected allow um my life to just continue to be fun it's just i don't know it's just this whole mixed bag of like just because i'm 44 it it just doesn't mean anything yeah and i can continue to do whatever the hell i want and my life will be full of amazing surprises the whole prescriptive lifestyle is a, a thing of the past and I am just on like the best roller coaster ride. That's how I feel. That's great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, but I think about that sometimes like like I think about that when we're hanging out with C Jane and we're chatting and we're like whatever, laughing and drinking and whatever. And I just, because I know C. Jane's mother, and I know my mother, (laughs) and I remember when my parents were in their 40s, Mm -hmm. and I just think, 
can you ever imagine our parents like having being living this life that we're living now and having the conversations that we're having now? No, of course I cannot. Hell no, I cannot. Hell no. Um, because I just think they lived a different kind of life. It's a mindset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Mindset. Totally. What's your number five? I feel like it's so earnest and sweet that I'm almost hesitant to share it because it feels oh, off brand. Oh, what? I really, really love being a parent. Oh, weird. <laughs> <laughs> so in 2009, so 10 years ago, Jesus. my daughter was a newborn <sighs> and my sons were, you know, toddlers essentially were small kids. And that is a really hard time of life. Yes, it Any is. of you who are dealing with toddlers and newborns, it is fucking hard. Like, no matter what, it is difficult. And, you, of course, you love your kids. Like, you care for them and you want to take care of them and whatever. More than anything. More than anything. But they are really, really hard. Yeah. My ex-wife used to say, and I believe this wholeheartedly, that, like, when they are trying to torture prisoners of war... One of the techniques they use is sleep deprivation. Ugh. And when you are raising toddlers and small babies, one of the techniques <laughs> that you live through is sleep deprivation. <laughs> so now here I am, 10 years later, I have a 10-year-old as my youngest, and then my my boys are in their teens. Crazy. And, like, they're the kind of the best. Good. That's great. <laughs> Mine are, too. Mine really are, too. No, I know. And I know that you believe that. Like, we love to make jokes about how our kids are the worst. Yeah. And like, and, and sometimes they are, they're so difficult and they, and as the, when they're older, they require so much more money and so much more transportation yeah, and yeah. so much more coordinating of the logistical schedules. Yeah. But like it really, I, you know, my kids are only with me half the time and I picked up my kids the other day from their moms and I was bringing them to my house and we were in the car and we were chatting and whatever. And it's not like we're having great big deep conversations or whatever like we're laughing and one kid's ignoring us because he's on his phone or you know whatever but like I just was driving to my house and I just thought oh my god like I love these people I love being with these people they're wonderful they're funny they sometimes make me completely crazy and like I lose my temper and I'm an asshole to them sometimes but like they're really great and they're really amazing and I'm and 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 I loved my kids 10 years ago, too, of course. But, sure. like, they were so <laughs> difficult 10 years ago. But the, and, go ahead. The difference is you're, you're in a place right now where you can have that moment and that cognizant thought of yeah. they're great. Yeah. And this is great. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that about your kids, too. I love your kids. Oh, thanks. Like, I love, I mean, we have, like, gone to bars with, <laughs> with your kids. <laughs> or, you know what I mean? I just think your kids yeah. are lovely and delightful and funny and charming. And, you know, I they're just wonderful. <clears throat> I, and, I really like this one because it, it helps me to realize that I need to stop and have the, the thought more often that, this is great. We've got a good thing here. Yeah. My kids are great. Yeah. My relationship with them is great. They like spending time with me. Right. I think that I I feel all those things, but I don't stop in the chaos of my life. Oh, for sure. Enough to go. For sure. God, this is great. Because that's the hard part about being the parent of older kids is that so much of it is the chaos of like coordinating rides and getting this one to their job and giving this one money. And, you know, like it's all very stressful and all very complicated. But yeah. They're also like these really great, amazing humans. And you made those humans. Crazy. And you taught them to be great, amazing, wonderful people. Right. 
Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't teach them everything that they know. For sure, of course but, not. But I, but I did the bulk of it, as, you, as did you, Tisha. Today I was texting with my oldest son, and I said, because he's of that age where buying Christmas presents for him is incredibly difficult because right. he only likes, he doesn't want me to choose out anything for him because then he doesn't like it. Yeah. But then I'm like, well, come shopping for me and let's pick out some gifts and then I'll wrap them and put them under the tree. Yeah. He doesn't want to come shopping with me. No. So I'm just like, this is complicated. Yeah. Anyway, um, I texted him because he had mentioned that he wanted a black hoodie. I texted him and I said, hey, if I were to buy you a black hoodie, what, what store should I look at? You know, are, we, are you looking at an H&M? Are we looking at a Zara or like a, where, where, a Nike, like a champion? Where am I going to buy this black hoodie? Yeah. And his response was, you know, just like a vintage Nike with like a check in the corner. And what? I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the actual fuck does that mean? Oh my God. So I texted him back and I said, where would I find such a hoodie? And he texted back and he's like, I can't find one anywhere. And I was like, well, well then oh great. well. Thank you for that. <laughs> but like, I was so annoyed. But at the same time, I was just like, he's so great. <laughs> he just, he's so like, I love that he's so particular about what he wears. And he's very conscious of that. And I just think it's the cutest thing. And that he just wants a vintage Nike hoodie with a check in the corner. <laughs> a check in the corner. What is the corner of a hoodie? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. No, I don't what know. does a check mean? I a check know. mark? <laughs> uh, an Eastern European check? Does like, he mean I don't the know. Nike thing? The I Nike have no stuff? idea. <laughs> All I know is he wants a vintage Nike hoodie with a check in the corner. Yeah. So, if, gentle listeners, if any of you know where those are, let does me know. Is he mean a Czechoslovakian? I literally have no idea. <laughs> so, okay. So, for the gentle listeners out there who haven't had children. First of all, don't well, ever I mean, have them. Well, just kidding. Just kidding. I was going to say, make a conscious decision that you're going to do that if you do. Right. If you think you want a child, really think it through. Right. Talk to other parents. Because they never go away. You have them, and then you have to keep but, them forever. But more so, don't feel like you have to have a kid because... Oh my gosh, I'm this age and I don't have a kid yet. Well, it's just like you said, like this idea of like prescribed life patterns of like, oh, you're in your 30s, so you should be having kids. You should be having kids when you want to have kids. And if you never want to have kids, you should never have kids. You shouldn't have kids. If you aren't sure, if you want to have kids, don't have a kid because, oh, my biological clock is ticking out. Take some time, see a therapist, really work through this decision. Because I, and I would imagine you and Tisha as well, had kids because I thought, oh, that's just what you do. Yeah. And I had no fucking idea what I was getting into. And yeah. when you don't know what you're getting into, you don't know how to prepare for it. You don't know that you should prepare for it. You don't have you don't make an informed decision. And that informed decision includes my life yeah. will not be lived for me. Yeah. Yeah. But now there are probably people out there who love being a parent and have loved it for since day one. And they don't feel like they're living their life for anyone else because their life, they love their life of being a parent. I don't, I would venture a guess that many of us are not that way. I don't think anybody's that way. Okay. I really don't. I think like every parent recognizes that it is like an amazing and wonderful thing and like you have these really cool people in your life that you enjoy and they make you laugh and whatever but i think on the in the same moment i think every parents recognizes that like 
you are giving up all your happiness and all your money. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> For these people. Right. So there is definitely like a give and take. Right. Like, right. do you ever think about how much money you would have if you didn't have kids? Oh, for sure. Holy fuck. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I don't make a lot of money at my job, but if I was just paying for myself. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Yeah, I know. God. Anyway, I love my kids. But also, like, <laughs> but like, think about what that means, that you won't be living your life for yourself. What do you want to do with your life? Oh, God, I have no idea. So if you don't know, <laughs> having a kid is not the answer. That's true. To that. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so anyway. Anyway. Just, I feel like that is something really important that you brought up, that your your top five, you, you had children because, oh, I guess that's what I'm supposed to do. Right. We didn't know what the fuck we were doing, but right. you got to a place in the last 10 years where you went, I, I really I, like, I, these I like this. Yeah, I like, I like this. these people. I've worked through a lot and I've come to a place where, you know what, these human beings that hang out with me all the time are all right. Yeah. They're pretty funny yeah. sometimes. Yeah, they are. So, anyway... Okay. Wow. <laughs> Let's take a break. Needless to say. Needless. Ten years ago, neither of us would have had any clue where we are right now. I mean, honestly, I was the shiny-faced straight baby <laughs> with no beard. <laughs> Married to a woman. Married to a woman. Doing the Mormon thing. And you thought that this this is what I'm doing for the rest of my life. And I had not thought about you for like, I don't know, five or ten years. Oh, I know. Yeah. So weird. I thought about you in 2010. <laughs> you did? <laughs> when, yes, when I had a friend do, she, she asked me if she could channel for me. I don't, what does that mean? Well, you basically, you're tapping into the universe. Okay. And... The universe is just kind of like giving you some guidance. Why did you think about me? Because she was like, okay, so I can see your spirit guide, and it's this tall. No, what? Shut up. Skinny. Shut up. Stop, stop. It's tall, skinny guy. He's like wearing a tuxedo, and he's just dancing around, and he's making me laugh. And you were immediately who I thought of. I'm your spirit guide? I mean, I thought of Brother Coffee circa 1995. Right. Skinny being the operative word. Dancing not, around. Not so much anymore. Dancing around. You in used a tuxedo. To, oh, my God. You used to just make me crack up every time I saw you. <laughs> yeah. And you decide, and you kind of spent all your time with this real bitch that you hung out with in high school. Do you remember who it was? We'll have to talk about this <laughs> line. <laughs> Is she a gentle listener? No. I, I don't think so. Okay, cool. Anyway. But I just want to clarify offline. And it made me mad. I was like, I'm nice. <laughs> anyway. Here we are now. That's, yeah, but anyway. When I was in 2010, I was probably just changing some diapers. No one was channeling God anything for me. damn it! I was changing some diapers of my youngest. And praying to God that Tisha didn't want to have sex that night. Uh, that's the that's real. Sorry, <laughs> Tisha. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, what a fucking nightmare. <laughs> anyway, love you, Tisha. All right, let's wrap this up. Let's make it a quick wrap up. Okay. You can email us if you have any questions, comments, criticisms, denials. Hot, Hot drinks for the belly. We... At gmail.com. We may not respond. I will respond. Uh, we may not respond quickly, but we read them and we love them. We do. We fucking love anytime you reach out. And we may not have the greatest response. Guys, I slept till 4 o'clock in the afternoon the other day. Here's, here's the thing. This is what I want everyone to understand okay. about our social media. Okay. 
first of all, we're both checking it. So sometimes like I may not see a message because Sister Twain might have read it. And so I don't see that it's a new message and blah, blah, blah. But the other thing is so often people reach out and they're like, oh my God, you must think I'm such a stalker or oh my God, I'm like, I'm sure this is so annoying that I'm sending you this message. We are literally never annoyed never. when someone sends us a message, never. nor do we ever think you're a stalker. Yeah. We are filled with delight and joy. Every single time. Every single time. So thank you for all of your lovely messages that you can send us to that email address, hotdrinksforthevalley at gmail.com mm-hmm. or on our Instagram, which is instagram.com slash Hot drinks. I see. Here's the thing. Whenever you say Instagram, you're always like Instagram.com or www.instagram.com. Like no one uses their web browser for Instagram. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> good point. But I, good point. But I just let you go on all this time. That's a good point. So get on your Instagram app, hit that little search button, and put type in, in hot drinks. Hot drinks with an A. We do like to have a little segment where we call that we call fun things I found at Brother Coffee's house. Yeah. So look for that on Instagram. Or what are you going to post this time? Don't give them a teaser. No way. Oh, they just have to go look. Fuck yeah. You don't want to say like, go check out the Instagram to see Brother Coffee's homosexual deer and fox Christmas couple ah. in a cable knit sweater. Well, I guess I'll be posting that. I mean, you could. There, the the deer is in a lovely cable knit cardigan, <laughs> and the fox is in a cute little red vest. I know. And they're a homosexual couple. I know. And they're scorned. I think we talked about this last week. We did. They're scorned. Female lover is on the other side of the TV with her pet birds. Yeah, which is kind of like the scorned single mom. Really what it boils down to is I esteem gay people and I hate straight people. Golly. Anyway, <laughs> so that's it. Okay. It's the end of the decade. Wow. That's like feels like a lot. It's the end of the decade. But is it? I mean, it is. Like, it literally <laughs> is. The decade is literally ending. Okay, fine. Fine, whatever. Fine. All right. And 2020 is going to be great. We are going into the roaring 20s. People have been saying that to me since 2016. They've been like, you know what, Brother Coffee? I have a feeling 2016 is going to be your year. Guess what? None of them have been my year yet. <laughs> They've all fucking sucked. 2015 sucked. 2016 sucked. 2017, my dad died and it sucked. 2018 sucked. 2019 sucked. I have a feeling 2020 is going to be my year. I have a feeling 2020 is going to be my year. When I said that to you, you just nodded, forgetting that we're recording a podcast where people can't see your face. I just just nodded. And then you went back to your mouth like, uh. So I I made a song. I went back to my Frank mouth. Anyway, happy 2020 from my Frank mouth to yours. And from my Frank mouth to yours, Frank is the name of a married guy I've had sex with. So anyway. Jesus. (laughs)